are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, January 7th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. It'll help me out tremendously. And it's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always... Thank you for tuning into Locked On Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your day. <sighs> aye, 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 folks. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks hit a new rock bottom, which is saying something considering the way that things have gone so far this season. But the Blackhawks fell to the lowly Arizona Coyotes 6-4 to last night, which extends their losing streak now to six games. And they also still remain winless here in the new year. No wins for the Hawks in 2022 so far. I'll go over a full recap of the contest last night, as well as some stats, takeaways, and other thoughts, along with all the latest COVID-19 updates that came out just ahead of the game. All right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Let's actually start out the show today with those COVID updates that were announced just about like, 45 minutes prior to puck drop. Not great timing to say the least. Um, But Brandon Hagel, newly acquired Sam Lafferty, and Eric Gustafson all were placed into COVID-19 protocol for the Blackhawks yesterday. Uh, We knew that Sam Lafferty wasn't going to be making his Blackhawks debut last night anyways, Uh, but Brandon Hagel obviously would have been in the lineup, likely in a top six role on that second line with Jonathan Taze. And then there's also a slim chance that uh, Eric Gustafson could have drawn back into the lineup as well. Uh, But with all three of those players being forced out last night, the Hawks were forced to make a string of roster moves in order to uh, prepare for the rest of their upcoming road trip. There wasn't really anything they could do about the uh, the game last night itself with all these... um, announcements again coming within an hour of puck drop so no one from Rockford could really fly out to Arizona in 45 minutes and be ready for game time that just simply is not possible um but the Hawks made a bunch of roster moves as I said in order to prepare for the final two games of the current road trip that they're on Uh, but first actually Nicholas Bodan was activated off of the taxi squad last night and That's kind of a story of its own here because, again, with Hagel, Lafferty, and Gustafson out in COVID-19 protocol, and then there's also Brett Connolly, who is serving um, the final game of his four-game suspension last night with all four of those players not being able to go. That left the Hawks with only 11 forwards and seven defensemen available total. That's including Bodan on their active roster. Um... 
And again, with this news coming out so soon before Puck Drop, there was no way that uh, anyone from Rockford could have gotten to Gia River Arena all the way out in Arizona in time for this game. So basically, the Hawks had two choices. They could either play a man down, or they could go with 11 forwards and 7 defensemen in their lineup, which, you know, I, I mean, he might as well do at that point, right? And that is what King decided to roll with. But the interesting part is... In this game last night, even though Nicholas Botan dressed, he wound up only seeing two shifts, one in the second period and then one early on in the third and never played again. He finished with a whopping a minute and 11 seconds of ice time. I'm just not really sure what the thought process was behind that decision. I mean, why even dress the kid, you know? Why dress him if he's not going to play? Like, that's assuredly not the best thing for his confidence, right? Like, I just don't get what the idea was there. You know, that's not a decision that I agree with by any means. If you're going to dress Bo Dan, you might as well give him, I don't know, five or six minutes at least there to give some of the other guys a breather. So basically, even though the Blackhawks dressed Bo Dan, they still played a player down last night. Um, And I know it was a game that, you know, the team desperately needed to win. Uh, but still, you, you really think Nicholas Bodan was going to hurt your chances out on the ice that badly to only play him a minute and 11 seconds? That just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, but from a, aside from Bodan being activated from the taxi squad to suit up in last night's game, um, some noteworthy moves, again, for the final two games of this road trip. Saturday, the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas, and then they have a couple days off before they travel and take on the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus. Uh, But aside from Bodan being activated uh, from the taxi squad, the Blackhawks also recalled forward Mike Hardman and defenseman Ian Mitchell as well. Uh, And obviously, like I said, not moves that were made in mind for last night's game. Uh, But with the team, you know, potentially being down a defenseman in Eric Gustafson for the next couple days and also two forwards in uh, Brandon Hagel and Sam Lafferty, obviously it makes sense to be having some reinforcements here on the way via Hardman and Mitchell. And also, just as an extra insurance policy, the Hawks also assigned Curtis Gabriel, Josiah Slavin, and Jakob Galvis to the taxi squad yesterday as well, which does make sense because you just never know how uh, COVID could spread through the organization right now. And all three players, Hagel, Lafferty, Gabriel, uh, not Gabriel, Hagel, Lafferty, and Gustafson, excuse me, uh, I believe all three of those guys were on the ice for the Blackhawks' optional morning skate yesterday, so... Who knows how this is going to go? And with two more games, again, before the team returns home, it's definitely uh, smart to have as many bodies as possible around right now so that the club will not be shorthanded or down a forward like they were last night against the Coyotes. Uh, But being without Hagel last night, one of the best players on the team this season, the most valuable, uh, so good in every situation, Definitely, you know, did not help the Blackhawks' case. Obviously, regardless, they should have been able to come away with a victory against a team that was, you know, 6-22-3 on the season coming into the game. And they were also bottom three in the NHL on both the power play and the penalty kill unit. 
and last in the league in goals for and goals against per game. That There's really no excuses uh, for the Blackhawks to not have won this game last night. But yeah, to not have a motor like Hagel out there, a huge energy guy, um, that's a tough blow. And it would definitely hurt this team if Hagel's forced to miss extended time here while in COVID-19 protocol. And COVID is... It's hitting the Blackhawks hard right now. It's affecting them in the worst kind of ways. I know that they still haven't dealt with um, a ton of cases like some team ha- like some teams have across the NHL, but with Marc-Andre Fleury forced to miss both games last weekend while in protocol, that definitely didn't help this losing streak having to throw uh, 22-year-old rookie Arvid Soderblom into the fire and also Colin Delia without getting any NHL reps prior to that first start against the Nashville Predators. Uh, and then last night, Hawks were also without Brandon Hagel and Eric Gustafson. Not that, uh, I don't know if he would have made much of a difference. But that did leave the Hawks with, you know, they were forced to go with that wacky 11 forwards and 7 defensemen lineup. And technically, were kind of playing a man down because Bodan really didn't get any action. And in that 11 forward, 7 defenseman method, that, that really never works out in the Blackhawks' favor. So, uh, yeah, a couple of tough blows in COVID protocol recently here, Marc-Andre Fleury over the weekend, and now Brandon Hagel, Sam Lafferty, and Eric Gustafson while the Blackhawks are out west. All right, there are the latest COVID news surrounding the Chicago Blackhawks. Coming up in just a moment, I will go over a recap of the contest and also talk about what is going wrong for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, then make sure that you include Built Bar in your plan, because right now, you can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. In so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, coconut almond or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Either way you choose, Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15, to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment two here this morning, it's time to get into the game itself last night against the previously 6-22-3 Arizona Coyotes. Of course, as we know now, they managed to pick up their seventh victory of the season last night. Uh, but on the show yesterday, I talked about how Arizona, they had been playing a lot more competitive games as of late, and the Hawks couldn't sleep on them. Don't do it. I told, I warned the Blackhawks, do not sleep on this Arizona Coyotes team, especially 
with uh, Carl Velma- uh, Vemelka in net. He had been performing really well. He stood on his head again last night to help, help the Yotes uh, come away with a victory. And I knew it was going to you know, take a, a good game still out of the Hawks in order to beat this Yotes team and snap that losing streak of theirs. And I'm not sure if they took the Yotes for granted or if they just weren't properly prepared or not motivated enough or or what, but for the fourth time in their last five games, the Blackhawks fell behind 2 to nothing in the first period last night, and it was also their sixth time in the last seven games that they've surrendered the first goal of the game, so not nearly a good enough start out of the Hawks once again, um, and they've kind of slowly started to get back into the habits that haunted them early on in the season under Jeremy Colleton. When Derrick King first took over, the starts were kind of, I think, the first thing that everyone noticed. The first periods were exceptionally better under King at the beginning. It was like night and day. Uh, But in these last, as I said, seven games or so now, the Blackhawks just haven't been nearly good enough to start out the game. Not a good enough fight from opening puck drop, and... Even a team like the the Coyotes, you know, who are dead last in the league in goals per game, they'll still make you pay when you play like that. Uh, the first goal that the Coyotes scored, it was just a, a pure snipe from Dyson Mayo, who a lot of folks got a good chuckle over that name last night. Uh, but Mayo just roofed a shot over Flurry's glove, taking advantage of kind of um, a poor angle from Flurry on that shot. And then in the final minute of the first, Johan Larson had a shot from the point literally bouncing off of his back. It deflected off of his back and got past Marc-Andre Fleury. And that's what put the Blackhawks in another 2 to nothing hole after 20 minutes, just like they were on Tuesday against Colorado. Um, and for the most part, ex- except for the Blackhawks, um, I can't remember if it was one or two power play chances that they got in that first period. I, I believe it was two because I think they got three shots on goal on each of them. Uh, but aside from their power plays, at 5-on-5 five five in the opening 20 minutes, the Hawks were not very good. Both of the Coyotes' goals were scored at 5-on-5, five five, so the Blackhawks, again, um, they're going to have to clean up their first periods going forward because they're not a team that's made to be coming from behind all the time. That's what was helping them so much uh, early on in King's tenure was not playing from behind in that first period, actually taking the lead and being the team that's playing ahead one to nothing. They're not doing that nearly enough so far here in the new year of 2022. Uh, Also, like Tuesday against the Colorado Avalanche, though, pretty similar. After that horrendous opening 20 minutes where the Blackhawks fell behind two to nothing in both of those contests, I don't know what was said during that first intermission. I don't know if it was Derek King motivating the boys or if it was the players themselves or um, if it was just simply a matter of time before things finally turned around. I'm not sure what happened, but back-to-back games here where uh, a completely different team took the ice to start out the second period. And just a minute and two into the second, a minute and two seconds, uh, Kirby Doc with a hell of a goal. He baseball batted the puck out of midair after uh, v- Vemelka made a ridiculous stop on Kurashev. Kirby gets to the rebound, knocks it out of the mid out of midair with uh, a home run like swing. He took a full rip at it, a uh, full rip at it, and it wound up finding the back of the net for Doc's sixth goal of the season. And early on in the second, the Hawks were able to cut that deficit to two to one. And then not too long after that. 
Uh, a nice play by Calvin DeHaan to spring the Hawks out in transition, and that left Jonathan Taze and Mackenzie Entwistle on a two-on-one, and those two connect with a beautiful feed from Johnny to tie the game 2-2, two to two. and with that goal, uh, both those players, Entwistle and Taze, both picked up their six point in the last nine games on that goal. A great feed from Johnny, perfect sauce pass on a two-on-one, and Entwistle, man, I talked about him on the show yesterday about literally this exact play. I literally talked yesterday about how well he's been faring when getting an opportunity with Jonathan Taze recently, so only fitting that those two connected for a goal there, and that gave the Hawks new life early on in the second period. They managed to tie this thing up 2-2 two to two once again. But what really killed the Hawks in that second period was right when they were finally getting momentum in their favor, they went on to take four penalties in a row. Four penalties alone in the second period. And even a 31st-ranked PK like the Coyotes have, you know, they'll take advantage of four frickin' power play chances in one period when you give them it. And uh, Travis Boyd was the one who wound up getting that tap-in goal after he beat Calvin DeHaan to the far post for a wide-open net. That's a bad breakdown in coverage there by the Hawks PK. Right off a defensive zone faceoff, they lose it. Calvin DeHaan doesn't get backdoor in coverage in time. Uh, and that put the Blackhawks down 3-2 to two heading into the third period. And in that third period, before the Hawks even uh, had a chance to kind of get things rolling and to try and tie the score up, uh, Clayton Keller kind of scored a garbage goal from up high near the point. There were like five guys in traffic out in front of Flurry. He had no chance to stop that one. But the simple plays, that's one thing I definitely wanted to mention in this game. The Coyotes made the simple plays. They had a shot bounce off Johan Larson's back. This play here by Clayton Keller just flinging the puck on net from the point. That's what the Blackhawks need to do more of. Even a terrible offense like Arizona can score five or six goals when you just take the easy plays in front of you. That's exactly what Clayton Keller did here. He noticed all the traffic in front of Marc-Andre Fleury, throws an easy shot on net. Fleury literally never saw it through a screen, uh, and that gave the Coyotes a 4-2 to lead early on in the third period, regaining their two-goal advantage. And then kind of a tough situation here for the Blackhawks, Derek King... I don't really know why he challenged this for goaltender interference. I personally didn't see anything that would have gotten this overturned. I don't know if someone up top from the video department told him to challenge it or if that was just his choice by himself. Uh, I'm not sure, but the officials wound up seeing the same thing that I did. So not only did the Blackhawks fall behind 4-2 to two in the first couple of minutes of the third period, but they also headed to the penalty kill due to a delay of game call for that challenge not getting overturned. And of course, the penalty kill returns to being dog crap. Couldn't get a stop when they needed to the most. And the second power play goal of the game for Arizona, Johan Larson again, with a wide-open net after some good passing, made it 5-2 to two Coyotes. A three-goal deficit for the Blackhawks with just about 15 minutes to go. That was um, a tough moment there, to say the least. To their credit, though, I will say the Blackhawks gave it their all down the stretch to try and tie this thing up and at least made it uh, a little more interesting. Um, Jonathan Taze went on to net his fifth goal in the last nine games with a redirect from Jake McCabe's shot from the point. 
Jonathan Tays continues to stay red hot, and my bold prediction of him netting 20 goals this year doesn't seem too unlikely at this point. I think he needs, uh, well, I know he needs 15 more, but I believe the Blackhawks have uh, 47 or 48 games left in the year. Um, but that made the game 5-3 to three just a couple of minutes after the Coyotes struck twice early on in the period. And then Dylan Strome and Alex Dabrinkit connected for a sweet power play goal to cut the lead to 5-4. to four. Patrick Kane works the puck down low to Dylan Strome. It's bouncing all over the place. And then if you go and watch the video that I uploaded on Twitter, Dylan Strome literally made such a smart and skillful play. Not only did he bat this puck out of midair to knock it across the crease to his good buddy Dabrinkit, but if you go and look, he actually choked down on his stick in midair to get better control of his stick so he'd have a more likely chance of actually making contact with the puck in midair. It was really cool, and Stromer did exactly what he tried to do. He choked down on the stick and batted the puck over, and then to brink it off one bounce, just clapped it by Vemelka, and all of a sudden, yeah, the Blackhawks were only down one. Um, but Alex Dabrinka, folks, kid is just a special goal scorer, continuing to light the lamp at a rapid pace right now. That gives Dabrinka 21 goals on the season. 21 goals. That's now tied for third in the NHL once again with Anaheim's Troy Terry. Uh, but that's also Dabrinka's fourth goal in the last three games and his fifth in the last five as well. So Dabrinka, I mean, just continuing, it seems like, on a nightly basis to find the back of the net. But unfortunately, wound up being too little, too late for the Blackhawks. They pull their goalie in the final minutes. Flurry comes off for the extra attacker. And who else but Johan Larson? No goals heading into last night. He winds up recording the hat trick with the empty netter. Just fitting for how the Blackhawks season has gone. Uh, and that wound up sealing the deal in this one. 6-4, to four, the final in the desert as the Blackhawks really lost to the bottom-feeding Arizona Coyotes last night. A team that, you know, with their moves in the offseason, they're, they're literally not trying to win games right now. And the Blackhawks lost. Six in a row here for the Chicago Blackhawks, a new rock bottom that they've hit after a massively discouraging loss to the last-place Coyotes. All right, there is a recap of the Hawks' sixth consecutive loss last night to Arizona. Coming up in just a minute, I will go over some other thoughts that I had from the game, as well as the team holding a players-only meeting after the contest. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season on more props, odds, lines than ever before as football season in the NFL continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action here in 2022. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, the NBA, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And if you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive 
a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment three on the show this morning. A couple of final things I wanted to talk about from last night's game. First, the Blackhawks, at 5-on-5, at even strength play, they were just fine against Arizona last night. Most of the numbers actually would indicate that they were the better team, in fact. Both teams went on to net uh, three goals at even strength last night, but the Blackhawks were the ones who were generating more high-danger chances, more scoring chances. They led in shots on goal, Um, but... You know, that's not what you're playing for. You are playing for the final outcome. But overall, I will say at 5-on-5, the Blackhawks, they were fine. That's not what killed them last night. But what did it was their special teams units. Once again, the special teams let the Blackhawks down completely. And on Tuesday against the Colorado Avalanche, I talked about this before the game. It was one of my, it was not one of my, it was my number one key to victory for the Chicago Blackhawks. And it wound up being the main reason why they were uh, able to hang in there with one of the top teams in the entire NHL. It was because of their special teams play. In that game on Tuesday, the penalty kill unit killed off both the Avs power play opportunities that they had early on in that game. And then in the second period, the Hawks on their own power play finally got things going. They were 1 for 15 in their four games prior to Tuesday night. But in that game against the Avs, they cashed in for two power play goals in 40 seconds to get themselves right back in it. They won the special teams battle on Tuesday. And that's what led them to being right in the middle of that game with arguably the top team in, you know, not only the Western Conference, but the entire NHL right now. But against Arizona, who, by the way, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, had the 31st ranked power play coming into last night, as well as the 30th ranked penalty kill. The Hawks lost the special teams battle last night. They gave Arizona two tap-in power play goals, one from Boyd, the other one was Larson's second of the night, and there wasn't anything that Fleury could do on either of them. And honestly, that that was the case for uh, most of the goals that Fleury gave up last night. Um, Four of the five, I would say, Fleury really had no chance. He had those two on the power play that I said were tap-ins. Uh, He had that one from Clayton Keller where there were like five bodies in front of him and didn't even have a chance to see that puck. And then the other one bounced in off the back of Johan Larson. The one that you can really fault Flurry for kind of was the opening goal of the game from Dyson Mayo where uh, he kind of took a bad angle. But other other than that goal early on in the game, Flurry was not to blame here for the loss last night, folks. It was not Flurry's fault. It, the penalty kill definitely didn't help them by going uh, just 3-for-5 again against the 31st-ranked power play in the entire league. And then the power play for the Blackhawks wound up converting on just one of their five chances that they got. One of five against the 30th-ranked Coyotes penalty kill, who also are dead last in the league in goals per game. I will say that, um, you know, the, the power play did come through eventually with a nice goal from Alex Dabrinkit, but that came with six minutes left in the game. I mean, no power play goals for the Hawks in the opening 40 minutes. It, it complete, The special teams completely let them down, in my opinion. I will say the power play did move the puck well, and they 
you know, did create some scoring chances, but this is a result-based industry. All that matters is whether they scored or not. And Arizona outscored Chicago last night on the power play. And too often this season, far too often, I've talked about how the Hawks just haven't capitalized on their opportunities enough. That was the case again last night. It really came back to cost them in a big way by not taking advantage and cleaning things up on the special teams department against a dreadful Coyotes team. One other thing I definitely needed to be sure to mention, um, after their sixth consecutive loss, the Blackhawks last night held a players-only meeting in the locker room. Head coach Derek King wasn't even in there. So, clearly the players know themselves that this, you know, isn't nearly good enough right now. And I think they also expect more out of themselves. I think that was mostly what this chat was about. Because you hear the players talk to the media after the game, and mostly all of them always say that uh, they believe they have enough in that room to get the job done. That's been a common thing many players have said this season when things have been going bad for the Hawks. Whether or not I personally believe that statement, I don't know. But they seem to believe it, or at least that's what they say to the media. So I I at least like to see, you know, the accountability here from the guys in that locker room because I think we all know that this team should be better than what we're seeing right now. I, I just don't get how this team could be worse than the Blackhawks we saw early on last season. It just doesn't make sense to me. And we've seen flashes, again, Tuesday against Colorado, those final two periods of regulation, they were great. We've seen the Blackhawks show that they can hang with the big dogs. They can play with the best in the league. But we're not seeing it nearly consistent enough, and I really can't tell you why. But it is nice, at least, to see the guys in the locker room holding themselves accountable right now and acknowledging that things definitely need to change here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, January 7th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday, so feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.